Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ned Bellavance, Ned1313 on Twitter, and welcome to the Daily Check-In for December 17th, 2020. Today, we are going to be talking about how I'm setting up my home lab in order to support my attempt at taking the CKA exam, the Certified Kubernetes Administrator exam. What have I set up so far? What roadblocks have I crashed into and somehow made my way over and what is to come. So I kind of wanted to set that up a little bit. In a previous video, I showed the guide that I'm putting together for myself. It's really for my own consumption, but I have it up on GitHub so anybody can look at it. This is another component, which is actually doing the lab work. And so I wanted to show how I'm doing that. So that's what we're going to look at in this video. Before I do that, I just want to let everyone know that uh, I am using a Pluralsight course that's available on Pluralsight. And right around the holiday time, they tend to do a lot of sales. So if that's, you know, if you're looking for some good training, so far I'm very impressed with the course that I'm going through. I'm not gonna try to pronounce Anthony's last name, but the, the guy who's teaching it is awesome. And I highly recommend uh, what I've seen so far has been stellar. So uh, with, with that out of the way, I just wanna put that out. Let's check in, how you doing? It's Thursday, it's kinda like home lab Thursday. It's snow, well, it snowed last night into this morning. So I was out shoveling snow today, so that's how I got my workout. Uh, hopefully, wherever you are is comfy and cozy, and you, maybe you've got uh, some hot chocolate, or uh, like me, you've got some coffee that you're drinking, and you're just enjoying the holiday spirit. Or, you know, you're down in Arizona, and it's like 70 or whatever, and you're outside enjoying the fresh air. I don't know. The wor world is strange. Or you're down in Australia, and it is s almost summer. I don't know. The world is strange. But anyway, let's talk about what I've set up so far in my home lab. So the course that I'm going through, the lab that he wants you to set up is one master and two worker nodes. So that's three virtual machines altogether. And the specs that he's using are very lightweight. We're talking two CPUs per VM, so vCPUs, and two gigs of RAM per VM and 100 gig of storage. So the storage is the biggest component. If you are using your local system, running something like, uh, VMware workstation, you might not have that much storage to use on your local workstation, though it kind of does thin provision it, so it's okay. But for me, fortunately, I have a home lab. And in my home lab, I have an ESXi server. And on that ESXi server, I have a terabyte of SSD storage that is basically unused. So I can set up these virtual machines. So what operating system am I laying down on there? It is Ubuntu 18.04. And this is where the cracks in my Linux knowledge start to come in. When I used to do a lot of configuration, or I won't say a lot, when I used to configure Linux boxes, it was prior to Ubuntu 18.04. So the networking components, you would just go in and you would edit config files for each, you know, network interface and you'd edit resolve.conf. And, you know, if you had to edit hosts, I mean, try not to, but you could edit hosts. And that was how you managed the network and the interface side of things. And it was, I felt, I personally felt it was actually pretty easy and intuitive, but apparently the folks at Ubuntu decided, no, no, it is not. Let's make it much more difficult and use YAML as well. So that's what they did. I'm sure there's good reasons for it, but it's incredibly frustrating to me who's used to doing it one way and then suddenly I'm forced to do it another way, but that's just me being old and cranky. So let's kind of take a look at what I started getting into. So let me pull up my VMware uh, workstation. So I'm actually, I'm using VMware workstation, but I'm connected to my vSphere environment. That's this vSphere environment here. And I've got a 
you know, a data center called VLab. And on there, I've got a bunch of virtual machines running. Uh, some of them are on Raspberry Pis, that UB1, 2, and 3. That's from my Raspberry Pi demo. Good stuff. But this one in particular here, CKAM1, that's the master node. And then I've got two worker nodes, W1 and W2. If we take a look at CKA master one, this is it. And I created it and then immediately had issues with name resolution. And then those name resolution issues were compounded after I installed the uh, Kubernetes stuff with cube admin. So that was fun. The thing that I learned is when you install just vanilla Ubuntu and you take a look in what's called the net plan folder. So let's just do a simple LS on Etsy net plan. Uh, there we go. There is a file called double zero installer dash config .yaml, And that defines how your network interfaces are going to be configured and your networking in general is going to be configured. So if we were instead to let's just do a, a less and take a look at what's inside that installer file. This is how I've configured it now, but this is not the way that it was. When I initially did it, it was using DHCP and it was grabbing an address. Uh, and then I was running some weird issues when I spun up the W1 and W2. They were all trying to grab the same IP address for some weird reason. And it's because I cloned each one, but it had a new network card and a new MAC address. But the network interface was the same uh, ENS 160 for all of them. I don't know if that was the problem. So I ended up going with static IPs and that helped a lot. So if you're looking for how to configure this with a static IP, I don't know if I can zoom in on this. That would be nice. No, I can't. Okay. If you're looking for a way to do static IP addresses on an Ubuntu 18.04, and I'm sure uh, version 20.04 or whatever it is, is the same. This is how you would go about it. You've got your network ethernets and then the interface that you want to configure. You set DHCP4 to no, you don't want that, no DHCP. And then you set a static IP address. Here I'm using 10.0.3.31. And then the subnet, you just throw the, the subnet mask on there, slash 24. The gateway you want to use 10.0.3.1. And then name servers. And you have an addresses field, which is the address of the name servers you want to use. And then there's this search field. And I want to call this out because after I installed Kubernetes and installed Calico as my networking, all of a sudden I was no longer able to resolve things that were using bellalab.local. And I'm not sure what was going on with that, but I had to enter this field in for the search, even though, even though my name resolution outbound was still working. So here's the weird thing, right? If I was on the master server and I did a name resolution for google.com, it would resolve and tell me it used the public Google server. And it was obviously going to my DNS server 10.03.10 to do that. But if I tried to search for something that was .bellalab.local, it, it would just come out with an error that said serve fail. And I think I don't really know the reason behind that because it should just send all requests directly out to 10.03.10. Uh, but I think what was happening is it was either using the, the root hints for that or it was assuming, or because I installed Calico, now it has core DNS to deal with. So it has to look up information in core DNS to see if that is going to resolve it. And then it's going to look up in the for uh, the root hints to see if that can resolve that dot local 
And when neither of them can resolve it, for whatever reason, it just doesn't send it forward to the 1003.10. So what I ended up doing was adding that search field that you just saw, and suddenly name resolution was working no problem. The other thing, and this was kind of my own fault, I didn't add the static DNS entries into my uh, domain controller right away because being a Windows guy, I was used to Windows machines being able to dynamically register their host name and IP address with Windows DNS. So I was like, oh, you're just gonna do that for me. It's fine. So it, no big deal. Um, so I'm going through this course and it, he takes you through the process of prepping your master, prepping one of the worker nodes. You get, you know, Docker, and this is using Docker. So if I move to 1.20, I'm going to have to, he's gonna have to update these instructions to not use Docker because now it uses, uh, what is it? Well, it, it uses cryo and something else instead. So that's, that's a whole other can of worms that we're going to have to get into. But I walked through that part. And now um, as I'm walking through the installation, this is probably a good idea for you if you're planning to take the CKA exam. As you're walking through the installation, first of all, you need one of the goals is to understand how to initialize and deploy a cluster with kubeadmin. So you need to know how to use that tool anyway. The other thing is, as you're walking through that process, think about the ways that things might go wrong or things that might trip you up and then bear those in mind or dig deeper because that's the sort of thing that's going to come up on the troubleshooting portion of the exam. You tried to run kubeadmin and something failed. Maybe it's that the swap file is not disabled. Well, how do you do that? That's a good question. If I, uh, the thing that he showed is you have to go into FS tab or VI Etsy FS tab. And you have to comment out the swap partition. In this case, it didn't really create a real swap partition, but you have to comment out this swap partition or else the pre-flight check for the cube admin in it will fail. So think about that. Think about the fact that it might fail. The other thing I discovered is if you don't use sudo or run as root, it's gonna fail that pre-flight check. Okay, that's good to know. The config for cube admin is getting written to this config config map in the Kubernetes cluster. So if you want to do some, if you want to view that current config, you can always do it by getting the config map that's stored in cube system. And it's called cube admin dash config. So again, another important thing to know. What else do you need to know? You need a token to join. Well, that token expires. How do you create a new token? Well, you can use cube admin token create, but you also need the cert hash from the CA. How do you get that? Well, you have to use OpenSSL. So these are the sort of things that I'm going through in my mind. I'm saying, what could go wrong in this setup process? And then what are they going to test me on? Because those are the sort of things that are probably going to come up in troubleshooting to come back and bite you. Uh, another thing that I found out about the resolve.conf is it's supposed to point at a different resolve.conf. Um, where is that? Uh, it's somewhere down here in the settings. For Ubuntu 18.04 and up, the resolve.conf has to point at this file here, the run systemd resolve slash resolve.conf and not the usual Etsy resolve.conf or else it doesn't resolve names properly. So if you're having name resolution problems, well, I wasn't even sharing my screen. There you go. That's that's the file that I'm talking about. If you're having name resolution problems, uh-oh, that doesn't work. That's could be why it could be that it didn't detect that resolve.conf change and you have to change it in the config map 
and then you know reinitialize redo your cluster in some way so that's where i am right now i've got the master node running i've got one worker node running and joined i'm going to spin up a second one and do that and then start going through the rest of the lab exercises but i thought it'd be interesting to share my experience so far using ubuntu 18.04 some of the roadblocks i ran into if you're trying to do this if you're trying to lab it up let me know let me know how things are going the roadblocks you're running into issues that you've encountered and uh, maybe we can work it out together. So leave your comments down below the description. And hey, I put in the description the Pluralsight course that I'm currently working through. It's part of a whole path for certification. So like I said, uh, usually there's a deal for Pluralsight around this time of the year. Uh, and I, you know, if that makes sense for you, if you can afford it, definitely jump on that. Uh, that's all I have for today. Uh, you know, before I leave you, I do want to mention a couple uh, excellent patrons that I have right here, Tor and Marco. They were both really nice to go on my Patreon and support me at the big burrito level, which enables me to keep doing these videos and keep affording things that are in my lab. So if that's of interest to you, you can check out the Patreon. It is also down in the description. And hey, if you don't, if you want to throw me a couple bucks a month, that is absolutely fantastic, but you are under no obligation. You can always just watch these videos and share and subscribe. That's all I have for today. Until next time, stay healthy, stay safe out there. Bye for now.